look at this uh, passage together. We need God's help. So please join with me in prayer as we look at um, this passage. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for the opportunity we have now to come to your word and to ask you, Lord, please to speak to us. We thank you, Lord, that you're a speaking God, and we thank you uh, that you have something to say to each one of us today. So help us, Lord, to be expectant. Give us ears to hear. And we pray, Lord, if there's anyone here who hasn't yet accepted the invitation uh, to be a follower of Jesus, that this morning would be the time where you invite them and, and help them to follow you. And we pray this all in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I wonder when the last time that you had an invitation that you were excited about. Uh, last time you had an invitation that got you excited. Maybe it was uh, an invitation to a wedding. We've got one coming up soon. Uh, Rich and Fran, isn't it? Uh, maybe you've had an invitation to a party or a reunion. You thought, oh, that's really exciting. I'm really looking forward to that. Uh, we get invitations to other places not so exciting, maybe the doctors or the hospitals. But I want you to think of an invitation that has got us excited. What happens? Well, you block that day off. It's in the calendar or it's in your diary and you know that it has come in. The time is coming where we will go to that party, that celebration, and the days are counting down. There you see the day coming, and it's coming, it's coming, until the big day comes. Uh, you know with children, if they get excited about uh, a party that's coming up or an event that's happening, always they'll ask, how long until, it, uh, until we go? When are we going? When, when's the party? When's the day? Well, um, I want you to think of that kind of invitation, that kind of excitement, because in this parable... Uh, that Jesus tells us uh, today, we're seeing that there is a wonderful, glorious invitation to everybody to be part of God's kingdom, to be part of God's kingdom. So he's the king and we're part of his people and everyone is invited. And the, the, the uh, news here isn't just for one day that you mark on your calendar, but it's an invitation to be part of something that lasts forever. Now, Jesus, in this, uh, just as he was telling this parable, is having a meal. And they were chatting, they were discussing. You can read what they talked about um, earlier in chapter 14. And Jesus was teaching them. And somebody said in those moments, he said in verse 15, Blessed is everyone who will eat in the kingdom of God. So this person is saying, whoever is part of God's kingdom, they are truly blessed. They are uh, truly going to have a great time because everyone who's going to be part of God's kingdom um, is really in a good place. And Jesus stops and tells this parable. And the reason he's telling it, because he wants to answer this question. Well, who is part of God's kingdom? You know, who is blessed then? If it is a blessing to be part of his kingdom, who's in and who's out? Who's coming along? And so then he tells this parable. He's going to retell the parable just to make sure we're all um, aware of it and, and remember what's going on. Because we're told of a, a, bar, uh, a hang on, get the word right now, a banquet or a party or a celebration. And many were invited. Now, this would have been somebody, this master would have been very well off because he had uh, servants who he could ask to do things. So the tradition would be back then uh, that the host would send out invitation days before the actual event so that everybody would know that on this day, there's going to be a banquet uh, and um, people would say if they're coming or not on that initial day. So it's kind of like a save the date. That would go out and say, save the date. Are you able to come? They'd say, yes, we'll be there. Uh, and so they'd prepare the banquet because they knew how many was coming. And then on the day, uh, the second invite would be sent out and said, right, it's ready, come now. Okay, the food's ready. You know, the, um, the hog roast is done. Come along and get your hot sandwiches now. Now, the second invite went out. But what happens? Well, the feast was ready, but verse 17, 
we see, at the time for the banquet, he sent his servant to say to those who had been invited, come for everything's ready. Verse 18, but they all alike began to make excuses. So even though the food is hot and ready, even though all the preparations are done, even though the tablecloths are out, the chairs are set, people make excuses. What are their excuses? Well, verse 18, the man says, oh, I've bought a field. I've got to go and check it. Sorry, I won't be able to come. Or verse 19, oh, I've, I've bought five yoke of oxen and I've got to examine them, so I, I won't be able to be there. And the other one, well, I've just got married, so sorry, I'm, I'm out. Now, these aren't particularly good excuses, especially because you'd have already said you were coming and you'd already confirmed your, your presence there. You don't suddenly get married normally in a few days and say, oh, I, I should have thought about that. I, I didn't realise I had a wedding in the car, then it's my own. You know, that's, it's not a good excuse. You'd know about your, uh, these things beforehand. But the news got back to the master, verse 21. Uh, and he said, um, the servant came and reported these things to his master. And then the master of the house became angry. He was upset. He was cross because all the preparations had been done. Look, all this food is ready. And now it's just going to go to waste. All the hard work is done and you're just ignoring it. So what does he say? Go out and invite um, the poor, the crippled, the blind, the lame, the outcasts, that is, those who everybody else ignored in those days, go and get them. Whoever will come, just go and get them. So he goes out and, and gets them to come. Uh, and look what we're told. Uh, he, said, he goes out and the servant said, Sir, what you commanded has been done, but still there's room. We've still got food left. So he just says in verse 23, Go out to the highways and the hedges and compel people to come in. That is, convince people to come in. Tell them it's for them. The food is ready and they need to come. Um, can you imagine you going to a town you've never been to before and you're just walking down the high street having a look at the shops and somebody says, um, up in the Great Hall, uh, there's some food prepared and you need to come. You'd, you'd probably think, oh, no, no, not me. You mean somebody else. And the servant here is told, no, convince people. Compel them to come in. It's for them. And so you'd be told, no, no, it is for you. You've got to come. Uh, your place is ready. Well, that's what he's saying here. Convince them more and more to come in. And that's what happened. And, f and finally, the, the hall, as it were, was full. But what about those who were initially invited? Verse 24. None of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. They're left out. They are cast out because they didn't respond. They didn't come. Now, what is this parable telling us? Well, as we stand back and look at this parable, I want us to see three things that this can help us with. The first is this. You are invited to a feast. You are invited to a feast. Now, don't miss this. Jesus is saying this is the kingdom of God. And the kingdom of heaven is like a feast, a banquet, a celebration. That's who you're invited to be part of, a big party. Now, to be part of God's kingdom, then, is to be part of something joyful, part of something that we can get excited about, part of something that is good and great and enjoyable. You know, a party and a banquet is a place where there's food, where there's friendship, where there's fun, and all there. It's not drudgery. It's not boring. It's exciting. Uh, just before Jesus says this parable, he's just been speaking about the resurrection of the just. You see that in verse 14. And that reminds us what uh, eternal life is. Being part of God's kingdom, as I said, isn't just an invitation for one day, but an invitation to be part of something for eternity, for forever. And Jesus is saying there, remember the resurrection? Remember what happens at the resurrection? That is um, when we'll be with God forever, those who trust in Jesus. 
And when we look forward to Jesus' resurrection, which will happen not long after he says this parable, what does that tell us? Well, when Jesus rose again, he was showing us a, a taster of what would happen when all who trust in him will rise again. And what does he do? Is he floating around on a cloud? Well, he's not, is he? He's physical. He is there. He eats and he talks. It is a real physical life. And so eternal life is not going to be us floating around on a cloud in some kind of, with, with babies with harps everywhere. Eternal life that God invites us to is a world made new with real bodies enjoying food and friendship and enjoying the great God who loves us. Jesus says you're invited to be part of this. A world made new. A world without the sin and the sadness and the brokenness. This is going to be a place of real joy and celebration. And I want you to be part of it. We are invited to a feast. Do you remember Jesus' first miracle? The signs that we thought about last week. The first sign he did in John's gospel. So the first thing that he was going to do to say, this is who I am and this is why I've come. His first miracle was the, the, um, taking water and turning it into wine in Cana. What was his first miracle? What was the first thing he wanted everybody to see? When the party was dying, Jesus brings it back to life. When there's a, a party that's um, entering chaos, he says, I'm going to restore it. He says, I've come to invite you to the greatest celebration of all. Now, perhaps today, you've lost sight of that. Perhaps today, as you think of following Jesus, it's just come a drudgery. Just forgotten that you're part of something that's joyful. And God invites you to be part of a, a celebration. We can so easily think uh, that it's all about just um, uh, religious activities. But God invites us to be part of a feast, a celebration. So today, if you're struggling and if we're feeling flat, let's remember who, who invites us and what they're inviting us to. The God of great delight and joy is inviting us to be part of a banquet and a feast that will last forever. A real, eternal, glorious celebration. That's right. The last, yeah, he was giving us a taster there, wasn't he? Of another banquet we can be part of. We're invited to spend eternity with the most joyful, satisfying being ever, the most glorious person in our God. See, when we drift away from him, other things become more appealing, don't they? When we drift away from him, the world seems very appealing. But when we realise who he is, and what he's done for us and what he invites us to do, there is joy on offer. So don't settle for the second best that this world offers. Say, no, I'm, I'm fixing my, my mind and my gaze on heaven. And glorious invitation we're part of there. And it's not just something that comes in the future, but we can taste it now. When we know we're going to this glorious feast of heaven and the new heavens and the new earth, we can enjoy life now and enjoy what God has given us here. And enjoy tasters of the great satisfying God that is with us. This is the God we worship. The one who says you're invited to a feast. Now maybe if you're not a Christian here this morning. And you've thought that becoming a Christian was actually about. You end up you will not have joy. It, it looks like drudgery to you. It looks like all the colour is sapped out of life. Well look what Jesus says. I've come to give life. I've come to inject more colour into life. So that you can know life in its fullest that's what we were made for we were made to know to enjoy the god of heaven we're not far from the train station here are we uh, imagine for a moment as the train driver's driving out of my stay today he says you know what i'm sick of this track i'm going to drive over that field and see what's over there 
Now, what's going to happen if it was able to come off the tracks? Well, it's just going to end up in chaos and mess, topple and over. it'll topple over. It won't be a very good train ride, would it? In the same way, we would you know, a train is designed to be on tracks. That's where it's most train-like. That's where it can be free, the fastest. We were designed to be in relationship with God. And if we say, oh, I'm going to go my own way, we'll end up just toppling over and ending up in chaos. But with God, following his ways, that's how we were designed. That's how we're free. That's where we can know a true life. You're invited to a feast. That's the first thing this parable is telling us. The second thing, notice about this parable, is this. The feast is ready. The feast is ready. As I said, there's two stages to the invitation program, uh, um, the invitation um, thing. They send out the invitation first. There it is. Here's the date. Put it in your diary. Put it on your calendar. And then when it's all ready, we'll tell you to come. So they knew the date. They knew it was coming. And on the day, it is ready. But those excuses, did you see them? The feast is ready and all you have to do is come. It's all been paid for. It's all sorted. You don't have to bring anything. Just come along. So when the servant goes out the end to invite anyone, they don't have to prepare anything. They don't have to bring anything. They just brought in off the streets. Come, it's ready. It's paid for. It's yours. Enjoy. Now, maybe you've had the, the, um, that moment where somebody invites you around their house or maybe you go to a party or something and, um, and you think, oh, I wonder if I could bring anything. You're trying to be kind, trying to think, can I, can I bring something? And it helps, doesn't it? Because you feel if somebody's worked so hard, you, you're at least contributing a little bit. And sometimes we can come like that to God. God invites us to be part of his wonderful feast. And we say, yeah, but what can I bring? Can I give anything towards this? Can I put anything towards this invitation of salvation? And God is saying, no, it's ready. I've done it all. I've paid the price in full. This is a, a great description and reminder of what it means to become a Christian, isn't it? We don't pay anything. Nothing in my hands I bring. Simply to thy cross I cling. It has all been sorted. It has all been paid for. The bill has been paid in full. And God comes to us this morning and said, you're invited, it's ready. Drop everything and come along and follow. Now, when we think about the free invitation that it is to us to follow Jesus, we also need to think about something else. Even though it is ready and it's free for us, somebody's had to pay the cost, haven't they? I remember after <coughs> um, we got married and after our wedding day, we responded to wedding invitations very differently because we knew about the cost both financially and the, the planning and all of that that's going on. And so when you respond, it's important because they need to know how many people, so how know it, you know, it makes a difference for the cost of the whole day. So when it comes to this banquet, it's all been paid for, it's all ready. So what's the cost of the invitation? Well, first we need to realise something. We don't deserve to be invited to this feast. We don't deserve it. You know, we've lived in God's world uh, and we have ignored him. We've enjoyed all of his gifts and we've gone our own way. Can you imagine today you go back home and there's somebody in your lounge and they're wearing your dressing gown. They're eating your food, tucking into your chocolates that you were saving for a special occasion. And there's just they've just messed up the whole kitchen and the house. It's all a state. And there they are just sitting in your lounge. You try and talk to them and they ignore you. And they just go about using all your stuff and creating chaos everywhere. How would you feel? I think we'd feel angry, wouldn't we? That's not right. It's not fair. But that's what we've done to God in his world. We've used all his gifts and we've made a mess of it all and we've just ignored him. We've gone our own way. 
And so here it says that the master was angry with people not responding. In the same way, we know that God is angry because we've refused to listen to him and gone our own way. So what did it cost for us to get a, a free invitation to something we don't deserve? Well, Jesus took our place. He came and he's the only one who deserved to be invited to the, to the banquet. He's the only one who, who was good enough to go. But on the cross, he was, well, he was what ended up in verse 24. He was cast out of there, uh, the family of God, as it were, so we could be invited in. He took our place. He paid the cost. He paid the price. So the invitation is totally free for us. And the request is simply come. But as we realise that, we realise God has paid the price for me. This morning, if you've heard the invitation of God and you've responded and you've said, thank you for the invitation, I'm coming. Let's stop this moment and say, God, thank you. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for paying the price for me on the cross. Thank you, Lord Jesus, for uh, making this so that I don't have to bring anything at all. You've done it all. Look how loved you are because the feast is ready. It's paid in full and we just come empty-handed and, and receive. Maybe today you've put off following Jesus and you think, well, I, I, I'm not good enough. You know, you think, I, I, I need to sort this out or this out first and then I'll come. But here, remember it said, what uh, the servant is sent out. And in this picture, in the story, remember, the master is God, the servant is Jesus. Jesus is coming and saying, come along. It's paid for, it's done. Respond today and realise how much you're loved and that the feast is ready to be enjoyed. So you're invited to a feast, that's the first thing. The second thing is the feast is ready. The third and the final thing is this. You need to respond. You need to respond. Now what are the different responses here to the invitation? Well, initially the response was, oh yeah, yeah, we'll be there. Yeah, fine, thank you for inviting us. No problem at all. And, um, and the master is assuming really in one way that they're all going to come. But when it came down to it in verse 18, he said they all began to make their excuses now it's clear that the invitations have have gone out already and jesus is clearly directing that to the people he's talking to to the jews at this time because they knew all about the messiah they knew all about god was going to send someone to save and rescue the world they were just waiting waiting for him to come but when he came what did they do they didn't listen they rejected him and so jesus here is showing us that actually the people initially invited if they don't respond, we'll end up, verse 24, not being able to taste that banquet. That's who Jesus is talking to. He seemed to just give up. He seemed to say, no, 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 I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to um, let you uh, come. They'd lost the desire. They'd lost the awareness of their need. The time had come for them to respond, and they didn't. Why? Well, other things just seemed more attractive, didn't they? The oxen that they had to look after, their land or their family. When it came down to it, God wasn't that important. Now here are people who thought they were safe. They thought they were in. They thought they were welcome to the banquet, but actually they ended up missing out. Look at verse 24 again. I tell you, none of those men who were invited shall taste my banquet. Here are those people who thought they had it in the bag. They thought they were in, but actually they miss out. And what Jesus is saying here is, is a shocking thing. And as we look through these parables over the next few weeks, we'll see there's always a twist, always a shock. And this is the thing we see here. The people who think they're in, who think they deserve God's invitation, 
actually end up missing out. The people who think they're in, they think they deserve it, will end up missing out. So this morning, do you think you've got it in the bag with God? Do you think you've got it sorted that, of course I'm invited, of course I'll come along, of course I deserve to come, because I know about God, I've read some of the Bible, I've been to church, we can know an awful lot, but still miss out. Maybe this morning you think there's no need to respond. Of course God will accept me. See, these people knew all about the banquet. If there was a test on the banquet, they would have had 10 out of 10, I'm sure. But they were still missing out because when it came to it, they hadn't really responded to the invitation. The invitation came back out, come, it's ready, and they had all the excuses. They saw that actually other things are more important. So is God inviting you today? Yes, he is. He's inviting every one of us. So what is your response today? Maybe you've got a list of excuses. Maybe you've got things that uh, you have got in your mind. You say, no, I'm not going to follow God until I sort this out. Look at the excuses here. One is, well, there's got to sort stuff out in the house. Maybe there's practical things in your life that are just getting in the way. You think, no, I'll deal with God one day when all this is ready. Or maybe you've got things that are going on in work. You think, well, we've got this big deadline. And once that goes out of the way, then I'll sort things out with God. Or maybe there's things going on in the family. You think, well, the family's a mess at the moment. I'm sure that's going to sort itself out. Then one day I will eventually sort it out with God. Now, the truth is there's always going to be things in our life that are going to get in the way, aren't there? There's always going to be excuses. But today God is inviting you to the feast that is ready. And he's saying, come now. Stop putting excuses in the way. He wants you to come today. We don't know if we've got tomorrow. We don't. But today is the day of salvation. Now is the time where God says to each one of us, come and follow me. So one reason we might miss out on this banquet and we might um, not come is because we think, oh, it's all sorted. I don't need to respond. You know, I've got my religious background. But Jesus says, no, come to me today. If you haven't done that, you can do it right now. But there's also other people here who nearly missed out, but they didn't quite because of what happened. So initially, uh, the people who were invited turn down the offer, don't they? Because that's why uh, he has to go and compel them to come in. Um, And he says in verse uh, 23, uh, go to the highways and the hedges and compel, convince people to come in that my house may be filled. So maybe you can imagine the situation. They went and said, look, come to the banquet of the master. I'm like, oh, no, 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 not for me. You know, look how I'm dressed. <laughs> I can't come to a banquet like that. Or, oh, no, no, I, I don't know the person. I, I, I haven't got much background with him, so I'm sure it's not for me. But the master is told the servant, convince them, compel them to come in. It's for you. And so he goes wider and wider and invites whoever he can uh, to come along and join the feast. Now, for the original hearers, the Jews were the ones who had first been invited, and then the next people were those who weren't Jews, so the Gentiles. And Jesus was saying, look, now everyone is invited to come along because you're rejecting the Messiah. And so much so that they needed to be compelled to come in. So many were turning down the invitations to follow because they thought, this wasn't for me. Now, today, isn't that the same? Maybe you're thinking, well, I can't follow Jesus because of my background because of what I've done in the past because of things that have happened maybe you think oh I don't know much about God and you know not not with me as I am now not with my failures and the, the wrong I've done surely God doesn't want me he won't accept me 
you know, I'm not religious. I, I've got a past. It's maybe not my type of thing. And I'm not good enough to come and follow Jesus. But the offer here is for everybody. The offer here of this free, glorious feast to enjoy forever is one that everybody is invited to. Whatever your background, you're invited today. Here Jesus, the servant, comes and convinces, wants to convince people. He wants to convince you. Stop pointing the finger and say, oh, not me, maybe somebody else. No, 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 you. God's speaking to you and he's saying, come along. Don't put it off. You're invited to come. Whatever your background, you can know the joy of forgiveness, the joy of coming along and enjoying him. Now, if you're a Christian here this morning and you have responded to that invitation, you know you don't deserve it, you know that it's free and it's ready and you've accepted this invitation, let's remember how gloriously open the invitation is. It's for anyone and everyone. Is there anyone that you have restricted in your mind from inviting to come and be part of God's kingdom? Maybe we can do that by practically not um, speaking or praying for people. Or maybe you've just written them off. Maybe you look down on certain people. Well, today God is challenging us and saying, remember, everybody is welcome. We are compelled to compel people, to convince people, it's for you, whatever you've done, whatever your background. Let's go and invite people to say, look, this is what you can be part of. You're invited to a feast, something glorious. You're invited to this feast which is ready and free and paid for in full. But you need to respond. What are you going to do with Jesus? So let me urge you you as we close now. Have you responded? If you haven't, you can do it right now. Jesus says, come, you're invited for you. Not just the person next to you, but you. Come and respond. And you can do it in your heart now and say, yes, Jesus, I want to follow. Yes, Jesus, I want to be part of the kingdom. And if you have already done that, let's rejoice in the free gift of grace that God gives us. And let's pray that we can go and tell as many people as we can to open wide the doors, as it were, and to thank the Lord Jesus for paying the price for us to come along. Let's pray before we sing our final hymn together.